0: It's MPO Sports Podcast, and we are putting out our AFL pre-season, as in before the season starts, special where we will be addressing three questions on each club, which will be the biggest improver for this season, uh, who's on notice at each club, uh, and that was biggest improver at each club, and a pass mark for each club, whether that be ladder position or wins or some other formula, but it's all opinion-based. Uh, I'm joined by Woody, as usual, and Jeremy, our uh, usual offsider, is having a week off, and we'll see how he's, uh, where he's at for our regular program. And we're joined by Mel as well. So first of all, I'll uh, get Woody to say hello, and we'll go from there.
1: Yep, g'day. How are we going? Season's only a few days away, so um, it's getting a bit exciting, really, isn't it? it certainly is.
2: Hi guys, thanks for having me. I'm very excited about the season. It's been a long way, hasn't
0: it? It certainly has. It certainly has, Mel. And thanks for joining us. We've been trying to um, angle this for a little while. And we've finally got it to happen. Um, Just before we uh, get into it, Mel, do you want to tell us a bit about your background with following football? I believe you may be a Geelong supporter.
2: I am a mad Geelong supporter. When I say mad, um, probably in the crazy bracket. (laughs) Um, So uh, when I was born, my dad bought me a membership and that was it. So I had no choice in the matter, but I'm pretty glad about it now. I'm pretty blessed. Um, And as for the background, just been going the footy my whole life, every single weekend, driving down the highway um, to Geelong, watching VFL, AFL games. Um, And, yeah, now I work in the industry, worked in the industry for a long while, probably since I was 18. So, yeah, my love of football is is pretty immeasurable.
0: So it's pretty fair to say you're living the dream.
2: Uh, <laughs> I don't know about that. It's um, not as glorified as people think, but, um, but yeah, look, I love it. And um, when you do something that you're really passionate about, I guess it's not always work, is it?
0: No, that's right. And if you can find some enjoyment out of work, you're doing well these days because uh, it's been Very quite true. a challenge over the last 12, 18 months with COVID and other uh, factors. It has. It has. So let's let's get it swinging. And what we've done is we've reversed the ladder from last season and we'll go from 18th down to first from last season on our opinions. The first club at hand is one that cops a lot of flack on a few uh, social media groups like the Real Alliance, et cetera, and that's the Adelaide Crows, so we might go with Woody wearing that ugly Tottenham hat and let him um, give us his opinion um, on that club first.
1: Um, look, I don't think the expectations are going to be too high for Adelaide at all this year. Um, so I've got down as a big improver. He's actually a first-year player for them as James Rowe. They picked up him up in the draft um, with their first pick, I believe it was. Um, so he's a small forward that they got from Woodville West Torrens and I watched a bit of sand for the last couple of years and this guy just knows where the goals are. And he's also got the ability to run through the midfield at times. So, um, I think if you haven't heard of James Rowe by now, um, come the middle of the season, um, he should be making a pretty good name for himself. Now, as far as someone on notice, I've got Matt Crouch. I think his his brother's gone to your mob, Tim. Um, so I think he's going to need to step up in the midfield And he really needs to lift his disposal efficiency He gets plenty of the ball um, But he can tend to waste it I think the big thing Runs for them the to family. look out for It really does, yeah um, I think the big thing for them Their pass mark I've got for them Is just minimise the blowouts um, If they can you know, only have maybe 3 or 4 or 10 or 12 goal losses That's probably, probably a win for them With where they're at at the minute what
2: are no your worries. thoughts on the Crows, Mel? Well, look, I watched them on, on the weekend just gone in, in the cracking match against Port. They were awful. I mean, let's be honest. Um, their game plan's really confusing. They seemed a bit better later in the game around the centre bounces, I thought, and they'll definitely improve um, with they back. But they're a really young group, so I don't think we can expect much. I'm expecting five to six wins. So about a 16 to 18 finish. I think their improver may be Lucky Murphy. Looked pretty good, Um, looking pretty fresh. And as for who's on notice, look, let's be fair, I think they're all on notice. Are they not? I mean,
1: they're looking
2: down the barrel at the moment. Um, So, you know, someone's got to stand up.
1: And there's no real obvious standout to do that, is there? No, no. And, and no, not it,
2: really. I mean, you hope it comes from Sloan or the senior players, yeah. but you can't rely on that so much anymore. But I really hope they give <coughs> Phil Thorpe or Till Thorpe um, a bit of a crack. They might as well. They've got nothing to lose. So. Yeah, and no,
0: I, right. I think you're right when you say, um, and this will be a, a factor for a lot of clubs moving forward, Mel, too, is the whole list with. With um, the way things are going with the reduced list this year, we don't know where it's going to go next year. The whole list could be on notice at a lot of clubs, to be brutally honest.
2: Absolutely. I think especially they're under the microscope because they certainly can't have another season like they did last year. The city will go up in flames, I think. So um, they need to improve somewhere.
1: And, the fact and especially that the, with Port Adelaide doing bingo. so well last year as well. Um, That's what I was going to say too. Mm. It's um, it <laughs> definitely it not going to be sitting well with the Crow supporters, is it? No.
2: No, they're a very proud bunch over there. And, um, yeah, I think they'd be hating that are doing so well right now. So you can't expect miracles. But I, but I think if we can see some significant improvement <clears> from their middle range players and yep. maybe one of their kids to, you know, show something... A bit of glimmer of hope. That's what
0: they need. <clears throat> uh, and I think just closing on Adelaide, what is a bit alarming is if they're expecting a Rory Sloan, as you mentioned, to lead them and step them up. He's getting to be an old man now, so they can't be relying on that season in, season out. And that's sad for that club in that respect, as far as I'm concerned. Um, moving forward, we're now on to the North Melbourne Football Club. Now, just before we throw to Mel to maybe give her three comments on those questions. I'd just like to point out, it's a sad, sad state at North Melbourne when your AFL women's Mm -hmm. team is on the money and your guys Mm -hmm. are stepping way back. And my point is not a go at women's football or anything like that, is we're talking about a developmental sport where they've been in the competition for a couple of years and their women are competitive and a team that's got history is not there.
2: That's the point I was going to make with the North Melbourne women's team is that they've been, they've been there for a hot minute and they've developed so quickly and recruited so, so cleverly um, that they've become successful overnight. So yeah. you would hope the same could happen for North Melbourne for their men's team. Um, however, look, it was a mass exodus. I don't think we've seen anything like it for a long time from yeah. one club. Um, I think they moved on 11 players, was it?
0: about yeah, something like
2: you that yeah. you have to replace those 11 and, and look they lost some quality um, but I don't think it's all doom and gloom for North Melbourne. I mean I'm not expecting them to to move up the ladder um, if at all but they're very young and I think they've recruited quite quite well um, and I really like the look of um, I call them LDU. <laughs> it's a little bit difficult to to say to say the full name, but he lo- he looks a good. The way he um, he could probably tidy up his delivery of the ball a little bit, um, but gee, he can get it. He certainly knows how to find it. Uh, and Tom Powell, he's looking good. Did you watch him in the in the pracky match?
1: Um, I didn't see it, but I did hear very good things about him. So um, yeah, he looks like he's going to be ready made.
2: I'm looking forward to seeing more of him. And as for my player, I notice you'll be this will be a shock to you, so brace yourselves, Zebul. Uh,
0: now well, there, there'd I be an expectation. Yeah, there's an expectation being the club's leader and whatnot. That over the last few years, that you would be thinking you can rely on him performing at a certain level. So that's a fair call. Mm-hmm.
2: And they flipped into defence, which. Obviously, is, a, is risque, um, but from what I saw on the weekend, mm. I'm not quite sure that's his, his, um, his niche position, but mm. obviously that takes time to transition. But when he's up four, he's all that, always that chance to brush someone off and, and kick that kind of packed goal, isn't he? So, you know, I would like to see him more closer to the goals, but that's just my opinion.
0: And for an ageing player, it's probably easier to play forwards than defence anyway.
3: Mm.
0: I believe. All right. What do What are your mm. thoughts on North Melbourne?
3: Yeah,
1: I, I, do so. I don't mind those picks <clears throat> from Mel. Um, mm-hmm. They've all definitely got merit. So my big improver for them is Ben McKay, um, with a with a um, aging, mm. or oh, not an aging backline. But they lost Scott Thompson a couple of years ago. They got Robbie Tarrant down there, who's not getting any younger. Um, ben McKay's in a really good age bracket, and he's got a few games under his belt now to to step up and make mm-hmm. a key defensive post his own. Um, and as far as I notice, I've actually got a couple of recruits for them. So Mel said that they're a young side and they've recruited well, but mm-hmm. um, I think there's going to be high expectations on Jaden Stevenson.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so he's going to be marked very harshly very early. Um, so I think yeah, he's he's going to be under the pump from day he'll one. Do you play in the
2: forward line or mid mall
1: as? Um, well, that's the thing, isn't it? Um, there was talk when he was at Collingwood about going into the midfield, but but um, never really eventuated, did it? Um, but he's actually exactly the type of player that North Melbourne could use right now, especially, as you said, with Zebel going back. If Stevenson can play the midfield role, and chip in with maybe 25, 30 goals for the year. Um, then they're probably not too bad a spot. Mm. And another one I've got for them is Aiden Bonner as well. They got him a couple of years ago from GWS. He <coughs> um, was a very high draft pick. He went top 10, I think. Um, and he hasn't really done much. So probably a big year for him. And I haven't gone with a with a wins ratio. For <coughs> them. My, my pass mark for North Melbourne is don't finish bottom.
0: Okay. That's fair. And they will be competitive for bottom yeah, because yeah. – I'll be brutally honest. Um, I don't usually give much um, credit to pre-season wins in practice matches, but when you lose by 90-plus points in a practice match, I think that's alarm bells, even though it's only pre-season. That's just my opinion
3: Especially
2: on
0: that. As they were playing Hawthorne. Uh, it was St Kilda flogged them by 94 points or something. I
2: thought it was Hawthorne.
0: Sorry. Yeah, no, no. The only reason I remember it was because my mob actually did it, but... I actually, I actually, yeah, I think that's alarm bells, even for preseason. Anyway, moving forward, um, our good friends in um, Sydney are playing again in the AFL, as they do every other season, and um, I think there's, my my quick opinion is they're, they're still banking a lot on Buddy, but anyway, and yet again, he's injured, so we'll throw to you on that one first, Woody.
1: Um, yeah, so I'm glad you mentioned Buddy actually because he's my on notice player there. So um, yeah, he um, he's obviously big money deal as we know. Yeah, big money deal, and um, yeah, we know he um, he's been injured, missed a lot of games the last couple of years. So they expect big things from him, especially they're getting a lot younger now as well. Um, the improvement for me is Callum Mills. I think he's ready to step up into a main midfield role and really lead the line for them. Um, he's a very handy player. I rate him pretty highly. Um, and my pass mark for them is to finish just outside the bottom four. I don't think they the expectations of them are going to be very high. And if they can finish outside the bottom four, I think um, things will be looking up for them. But I think there's also question marks over John Longmire too. Mm. Um He hasn't really done a lot the last few years with that club at all.
0: And look, the big just before we move on to Mel's opinion on that one, the big thing about Buddy is what he's got about two years left on the um, very heavy contract. You've got to wonder if there's much beyond that. So that's another thing, too. And they're paying him big dollars. But anyway, um, your thoughts, Mel?
2: Well, look, I long term. I'm very excited about Sydney. I think they've drafted extremely well. Um, I disagree with you, As. I think that Johnny Longmire is um, a very good coach and I think he's coached a team very, very well, especially last year. They had so many injuries. Um, I'll never forget that win they had against Richmond and the the game plan they used to do that. I thought that was very impressive for me. So I I disagree with you there, but I do agree with you on Buddy. Something's got to happen there. He's either got to play, you know, quite a bulk of their games this season. Um, Otherwise, they're, you know, they're stuck with a large bill, aren't they, for someone who's not playing at all. Um, They're improvers. I'm looking forward to seeing Blakey. Yep. Um, I think he'll improve even further. And little Errol Goulden.
3: <laughs> okay. I can never
2: remember an Errol being in the AFL. But,
0: yeah, true, true. Yeah,
2: I think, I think he'll be good. I think he'll be good. But, I mean, look, Heaney coming back, um, you know, Mills, well, they've got so many players to come back that didn't play consistently <clears> last <throat> season because of injury. So I think they'll do a lot better. Yep. I've got them seriously ranging from between – Ninth,
0: tenth, to about fourteenth. Well, it's not all
2: doom and
0: gloom at Sydney. Yeah, well, you, your um, past Mark and Woody's past Mark can overlap if they finish outside the bottom four. So that's not um, mm-hmm. you're not you're not on two you're not on two sides of the world on that one, not completely anyway. Um, the other thing is, what do you think is um, the person or um, coach or whatever? That's on notice at Sydney. Did you say or did I
2: miss it? I'm saying not a coach. I'm saying a player. And yep. I agree with us that it's Buddy.
0: Okay. Yeah, you did too when you first yeah, came on. He's, yeah.
2: just, he's a very expensive liability, isn't he, if he doesn't play any games pretty Correct. much again this year. So um, that's a real problem for Sydney. But they do, they do kind of portray it that he will be ready and he will be playing games this year. But, you know, I'm doubtful.
0: Yeah, and I think the thing with Buddy, it's a holistic liability and it's not a slur on him by any means, listeners, but we do know he's struggled with mental health in the past as well as physical Mm -hmm. injuries. So it's not Mm -hmm. like he's got one or the other. He does have a bit of complexities there. I hope to heck for the sake of football that he's fine and he's right to go.
2: Yeah,
0: absolutely. All right, the next club we have is every Geelong supporters' favourite club, I think, to take a pot shot at. And Woody and I don't mind having a pot shot at this club as well when we get the opportunity, and that's Hawthorne, who finished 15th last year. Now, just before I throw to our experts, I would like to say, at Hawthorne, on notice this season, even though he has the score on the board, with Jeff Kennett back and being back for a while in charge, he won't want them going any further than what they did last year down the ladder. Alistair Clarkson. Be ready for your yep. customer reference Woo. number at Centrelink. I'm serious. You might have the four <laughs> flags or whatever it is. It's a it is four, That's isn't to say, it?
2: He wouldn't be out of a job too, for too long.
0: He may not, but I do think Mel his idea of how to build a list has by bitten him on the bum on this one because he kept propping oh. them up with experienced players and that. And at some stage, it's got to bottom out, and I think they're heading down. But anyway. Mel, mm-hmm. being a, uh, a Geelong supporter, you must hate Hawthorne and we'll hear what you've got to say first.
2: It's absolutely a given that I hate Hawthorne. Um, however, <clears throat> I, look, they're, they're going to be stable for mine. They're going to mm-hmm. sit where they were, I think. I can't see them rising too much. Um, I think if they get their games in Tassie, obviously that helps them. Um I liked, or the biggest improver, I think. I mean, look, he kicked six goals, Kaczynski. Um, so, you know, having a look at him a bit closer this year, hopefully he gets more of an opportunity. I can't see why he couldn't with, um, with their tools out. So um, that'll be interesting to watch him. I think um, on notice, Bruce, I mean, he was up for trade last year um he wasn't taken <laughs> i just think a mm, little bit iffy there has he lost a, li- a little bit of his edge maybe
0: and he's maybe not exactly his... youthful these days neither
2: no no he's not he's not um they've got a few actually that are getting on a bit don't they so
0: it's called the clarkson syndrome but anyway
2: Well, we do it at Geelong as well. We top up. So, I mean, look, I'm, Mm. you know, I I think you're right about Clarkson. Though he's always had a team that he can he can build a nucleus around. Whereas this time, he's Mm. um, you know, he's stuck with having to almost rebuild. So, um, let's see how he goes with that.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's why I think he's um on notice myself. But uh, all right, um, what are your thoughts, Woody? And I know you do have a friend out there that follows Hawthorne. (laughs) that um, may very well um, have had disagreements with myself on social media, but um, that's not here nor there. What are your thoughts, mate?
1: Well, <coughs> I've written a few notes on every club and Hawthorne's no exception, but all I've got for them is my pass mark for them is six wins. And other than that, i have put, there's really not much to like. I think Mel said that they're going or they're not going to go up and they're not going to go down. Um, I think, yeah, they're definitely <coughs> stagnating and, um, I don't really have much more to say other than that. There's really not much to like about them at the minute.
0: Who's on notice?
1: Um, I'd say Clarkson, definitely. Yep. But, um, yeah, as far as improving the stuff go, I'm not going to say much because, as I said, there's not really much that stands out there at the minute.
0: No, fair call, fair call. All right, now, a team that I believe um, I've got a lot of time for their coach anyway, and that is Gold Coast. I like what Stuart Juice trying to implement there. Myself and um, I'm hoping actually for the Gold Coast, he's a big improver and as a coach, and developed a bit on last season and brings them forward a bit more because I think they've been the um, team that probably should have been helped a bit more when they first come in with GWS and I think GW, GWS had all the help under the sun and I don't think the Gold Coast had the same level of support. So, Woody, do you want to go first to the Gold Coast?
1: Yeah, I will. I um, I think there's a little bit to like about um, Gold Coast. Actually, there's there's enough enough there to like about them and expect them to to be on the rise. Uh, my big improvement for them is Will Brody. He's been on the list a few years, and um, yeah, he's been injured for for the last couple of years. But I think he's really ready to to step up and take a bit more of a leadership role there as well. And if they can get him running through the midfield and kicking a couple of goals, they'll be in a very good spot. Um, I've also got, on notice, David Swallow. Now, he's been there about 10 years now. He's a number one draft pick, and he's never really done a lot. Um, So he's been fairly disappointing for them overall. That being said, though, I've got them down for about 10 wins, I reckon. They're going to be a fairly big improver overall, and um, it probably wouldn't surprise me if they were in the mix for the eight right towards the end of the season.
0: Yeah, that's fair. And, yeah, and I, I, as I said to you, I think they're well-coached.
1: Um, yeah, definitely. That, that adds to the appeal <clears> of them, I think. Yeah. Um, and Stuart, he's just a likeable bloke too, isn't
0: he? You just want to eat a meat pie and have a can of cake with him at the footy. He's just that sort <laughs> of fella. But, anyway, Mel, what are your thoughts on the Gold Coast? Well,
2: look, just quickly, I agree with Aaron on <clears throat> who's on notice. I'm definitely swallow. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's um, that stands out pretty brightly. I just think, look, they're exciting, aren't they? Like so many top draft picks, that they have to be better and better after being in the system now for a couple of years. It's it's quite scary actually <clears throat> to think about. Um, yep. But obviously, you know, Raoul Anderson—they're the obvious ones who who we, we know are going to stand up sharp, though. I think, um, yep. I think Sharp's looking sharp. <laughs> um, and Tick Miller, um, I think, look, he's a, he's a clever little player and, um, and we all enjoy watching him. So I think um, with those around him, I think he'll improve quite dramatically too this year. And I'm the same. I think they'll be fighting for a position in the final eight but won't exactly make it, um, ninth to twelfth for me. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's fair analysis of um, the mighty Gold Coast. Now, our next club for discussion is a club that you either love them or you hate them, and I must say I hate them, and that is Essendon. I'll second that. Yep, second that is that. Essendon, who finished 13th on the ladder <laughs> last year. Um, and uh, a bit of a cluster at times in recent times. <laughs> as far as how they're running and how they're performing on the field. So, Mel, what are your thoughts on the Mighty Bombers?
2: I think they're the most hard-to-read football side in the competition sometimes. When Mm -hmm. they're on, they look really, really good, very quick, very fluent with the ball out of the middle. Once they get that run on, they're really, really dangerous. Um, They've obviously missed that, that forward presence. Um, but watching them in in the practice match, I thought I thought they've improved in that area. Um, for mine, Parrish, he stood up and he he looks like it's his time. It's he and I think it is his time. I mean, he you know he's been around a, you know a few seasons now. He needs to step it up a bit, so I think he'll improve with right. I think Nick Cox and Wrigley as well, and obviously Merritt. I mean, he's such he's such a great player, such a good ball user and ball getter. Um, so they're my improvers for them. I think on notice will be Devin Smith. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I don't actually mind that Devon Smith call, <laughs> to be honest. Um, yeah, he had the, he had the really good first year, and then he missed most of last year, didn't he? mm. Um, so yeah, he he needs to play a big role for them, I think, and especially he's with a hefty
2: contracts. So you know, I think Essendon would would like to see more out of him.
1: And they year. lost Jacob Townsend too from last mm. year. So they also um, lost BT's favourite player, didn't they? They did. Yeah, he's gone to Port Adelaide uh, now.
0: Fantasia. <laughs> yeah, no. So, what are your thoughts? What are you on Essendon?
1: Um, I think much the same with Hawthorne. I think they're going nowhere. Um, I've got them down for maybe nine or 10 wins. They're not going to be. Look, they'll be thereabouts with Gold Coast, I think. But um, I think, yeah, Gold Coast are obviously in a better spot going forward as we look, you know, maybe two, three years further down the track. Um, <coughs> big improver for them. I've got down um, Sam Draper. Um, he. He, I think he was a mature age recruit as a ruckman, so a couple of years ago. So he he needs to step up. There's a spot there for him um, if he wants to take it. Um, and as far as on notice goes, I've actually got um, the coach as well stepping in from from Worsfold because um, well, I got the feeling last year when he when Rutton took more of a, a leading role in the coaches box that the players sort of. Um, rebelled a bit and I'm not convinced that he's got the um, respect of all the playing group and I've also got Andrew McGrath I think he really needs to step up now um, he spent a couple of years in the back line there um, and it, it's his time to shine um, but I'm not convinced that he actually will be the, the match winner that they expect him to be Okay
0: well we've done that I think we've given Essendon enough airtime. We're up to the team that finished 12th last year, which is the Fremantle Dockers. And um, we'll throw to you first, Woody. I don't have an opinion on the Dockers. So up to you, mate.
1: No, I think they're not in too bad a spot, actually. They could be the surprise packet that jumped into the eight this year. Although Mm -hmm. that being said, I've got them again for about 10 wins. Um, I think they've got a pretty decent future ahead of them as well. One guy I really like, and I've got him down as my biggest improver, is Andrew Brayshaw. Um, he he looks a very very fine player, and he can he can play that foil in the midfield there to to Nat Fife. And on notice, I I struggled with this a bit because I think they're actually in a good spot and they've got a lot of good young kids. But um, I put down um, Sean Darcy. He needs to just play a big role and be that big body in the, in the ruck contest that they need, but um, probably a bit harsh putting him on notice, but I had to put someone and I went with him.
0: Yeah, cool. Um, you got to do what you got to do. What are your thoughts, Mel?
2: Okay. Fremantle. Well, look, I think they're really exciting. They've got, they've got some really young talent in the middle, especially in the middle. Um, so I think we'll get we'll see even more improvement from Sarong and Chera and Brasher, as you mentioned, um, and Brennan Cox and Hayden Young. Those types they're really going to support Fife and the like. So Fife can maybe move forward. Um, they've had some nasty incidents over the weekend, so those injuries might hold them up in this at the start of the season. Um, but I think that they can sneak themselves a spot in the eight possibly. So I'm tipping them to finish between seventh and 11th around that mark.
1: Yeah. I think we've probably got similar views on them by the sounds of it then.
2: Yeah. They're quite talented. And look, um, speaking of coaches, they have a good one.
1: Yep. Yeah, they do. They they really seem to get behind him. Um, Don't they? He come in. Last year was his first year, and they, they really seemed to rally behind <coughs> Longmuir, didn't they? Yeah, and
0: he's got a bit of – he's a bit of one of their boys because he's played there before too, which probably helps with that unity. Yeah, um, well, that's
2: right. And they definitely stick to – you can tell they're sticking to a game plan. They seem quite disciplined. Yeah.
1: Hint, so. I that, think that just shows that they trust him and they trust each other, I think, yeah. which mm-hmm. really, if you're a young team and you've got the trust in each other, um, you're in a very good spot. And I think
0: it's fair to say they probably have the discipline from the Ross Lyon days anyway, because his game plan relies on discipline. So mm. th- that's that's been entrenched in them anyway. Um, did you have on um, unnoticed player or a coach or official or I anything was, like that? Yeah, I found
2: this tricky as well. Um, maybe Travis Collier, Col- mm-hmm. Collier, but only, look, I don't really have much basis for it, though. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's like the same I couldn't, I couldn't as mine. We just 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 felt like we that's had to it, put it, someone
2: it, there. It, yeah, it's yeah, it's hard. They are they are stacked with talent, um, and most of it's future talent. So you've got to find someone. So he's the poor guy, unfortunately.
3: Yeah.
0: But that's actually probably a thumbs up to the Fremantle Football Club at the state they're in at the moment. The fact that both of you mm. guys had to scratch your heads to think of someone that's on notice. So yeah. that's probably actually and credit to the club. Tough.
2: They made some tough calls, and they were forced to lose Neil. And they've recovered really well. So yeah. with their home games this year, um, I think they get around twelve of them, including the the derby derby. Um, I think I think that'll put them in good set for for a um, shot at the eight.
0: They may even um, upset the Eagles one of the derbies or derbies.
1: That would not surprise me at all. Mm. No, they it would they're in, a, they're in a very. <coughs> Very good spot for you. I think in two, three years' time, um, they've got a, a lot to get excited about. Yeah, I think... i got
2: to say, I did see a question on social media during the week. Who will win a flag first out of the Western Australian clubs? And I thought it was an interesting discussion. My answer would be Fremantle.
1: Well, it's a classic case of one on the way up and one on the way down, isn't it?
0: Yeah, well, you look yeah. at the midfield at yeah, West Coast, disgusting. there's some ageing midfielders there, isn't there? Yeah, yeah all right so so guys we're at that stage where we better take a quick break and when we come back one of our um panels true to the heart team is going to be the discussion point so uh tune in go get yourself a coffee cup of beer whatever it is you're doing if you're driving keep watching the road and probably don't grab a beer and probably don't grab a beer (laughs) and we will be back (laughs) on the other side exactly Mel. (laughs) And we'll be on the other side of the break. Uh, Back from the break. Hope everyone enjoyed their break. We'll get back into it. As I said before, we went for the break. We're um, talking um, about a club that is very true to the heart of one of our uh, panellists tonight. In fact, our regular boy, Woody. So anyone that follows him on social media would know that he has got this obsession with the Carlton Football Club. Not a crazy obsession, but an obsession just the same. So what we might do is we'll get Mel to give us her spin on Carlton first and we'll all just wait, captivated, for what he's got to say. Go <laughs> ahead, Mel.
2: Well, gosh, I need to be careful on this one then. <clears throat> <laughs> Look, what can you say about Carlton? We've been waiting for so long. I think every year we say the same thing. They're, you know, they're on the way up. This is, this is the year they make a move. Um, so is this the year they make a move? I'm still not sure. Um, mm-hmm. I don't have them finishing in my top eight. I'm sorry about that, Aaron. Um, (laughs) Though, of course, you know, they have drafted well. They have made some bold, bold decisions. Um, I think adding Oscar McDonald to the list as recently as the other day is quite a good move for them. It seemed to to work quite nicely. So I, I think that's quite a good move. Um, so hopefully he improves as each day or oh, sorry, each game goes on. Um, I like Zach Fisher and of course Paddy Dow and I think I noticed Plowman. Oh don't hit me, Woody.
1: Oh, see, I I'm a big fan of Plowman, so that
2: that <laughs> I thought you might be.
1: That hit me a bit deep to be honest. Um, yeah, I think Pl- Do you know Ploughman does they his need job. Him more out of him? Now I think he he does his job more often than not. Um, so he doesn't he doesn't play on the big tools, but he can nullify a medium or small forward, and I think that's his role. Um, I'm glad you mentioned Oscar McDonald though, because um, I actually think he was probably our best player last week against Essendon. Um, yeah. He was he was very and he kicked a couple of goals and he did a bit in the ruck and um, he was all over the ground. And actually,
2: actually that he's on the list, you know, um, not long before that game. He, you know, he gelled well and he showed what he could do. So, um, and I think they're playing him in the right position um, for Carlton as well. So I think that'll work. So Vani, um, looked good, but I just think he's quite inconsistent and I'm not sure of whether he has found the perfect niche for him. Although I don't think yeah. I can answer that myself what his what his actual I, um, perfect position
1: is I think but the he, best he kicked position goals on
2: the weekend so you know
1: and he did take a couple of really good marks as well, like pack marks he did.
3: Um,
1: the best the best position yeah. for him i think is if we go back a few years to when Adelaide were good they had um Tex Walker and Josh Jenkins. And they had Tom Lynch playing that link-up role between the midfield and the forward line. And I think that's the role for Jack Silvani. Um, I think he's, he's actually a quite intelligent footballer, I think, too. And I think that's why he doesn't doesn't look like he's putting the ball to to his teammates all the time, because I think he's seeing stuff that they can't. Yeah, he's um, a little unassuming in that way. I,
2: I'd agree there.
1: Yeah, I think he's just – sometimes he's just one step ahead mentally than the rest of the team, oh. and um, that leads to some turnovers, unfortunately.
0: I'll tell you um, one thing, guys. Um, the one player, Carlton – and Woody knows who I'm going to say – that Carlton cannot afford to go down, otherwise they're absolutely screwed up back, and uh, that's that's um, Liam Jones.
1: Liam Jones, yep. Very, yep. very – I would actually say he's probably Carlton's most important player in terms Bingo. of structure.
0: That's exactly my thoughts.
2: Isn't that um, strange? He turned into a defender overnight and now he's um, one of their most important players.
1: Yeah, yeah, the Bulldogs played him out of position for about seven years.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, but getting back to, to um, the, the topics, um, I'm going to say the big improver for us, it has to be Paddy Dow. Um, he's number two or three draft pick a few Mm -hmm. years ago. Um, And he hasn't really done much. He really needs to clean up his um, disposal by foot, which I think he showed signs of last weekend against Essendon. Um, There's a few times in the last couple of years where he's um, got the ball in the midfield or the wing and he kicks it about 10 metres over the head of a leading forward. And, um, he managed to spot up a couple of targets against Essen on the weekend, so hopefully that's good signs for him. And the player on notice for me is Mitch McGovern. Um, he really needs oh. to step up, has to step up, um, mm. especially with a few injuries at the forward line at the minute. Um, Harry McKay's in doubt for round one. Charlie is going to be missing for a while there's a big role there for Mitch McGovern if he's good enough or probably has the heart to take it more than anything else because sometimes he looks a little bit disinterested and as far as the past mark in well, my expectations injured, really. sorry what was that
2: I was just saying your injury list isn't too bad except for the one you know your one long-term injury is you know such an exceptional prospect in Cano. Um, yeah well you look what he did against that, the <laughs> dogs
1: a couple of years ago he ripped them apart um, yeah, I think we still we lost that game, but yeah, he he could be an absolute delight to watch if he could get fit. Are we
0: going to be talking about Curno in five years' times about what could have been? Mm,
1: There's a big not. chance. There's mm. a big chance. I think, unfortunately, yeah. As soon as he um, strings
0: together some good games, he gets injured. That's the way it seems yeah. at the moment. It's a pattern.
1: Um, we we pretty much had the same thing mm. with Matt Caruso too, didn't we? <clears throat> he mm. was just decimated by injuries his whole career. He and still had a very good career.
2: You'd be happy with um, De Conning, though.
3: He, he looks
1: good. Yeah, he's worth getting excited about, so I think. <clears throat> he he could be very, very handy, and um, you'd probably be a bit excited about the prospects of his brother as well down at the Cattery.
2: I definitely are. We're just signing up to 2023, so that's, so,
1: that's
2: good yeah. news for us as well. Mm.
1: And, yeah, my, my expectations for Carlton is to make the finals. <laughs> I think that's... That, that's a non-negotiable this year.
2: It's the pass, man.
1: And to mm-hmm. be honest, it's got more implications in the final eight because if we, if we go into the buy with only four wins under the belt um, there's no guarantees that Patrick Cripps will sign a new contract and who could blame him?
0: Mel, um, do you have anything to add to Woody's um, comments?
2: No, think... As I mentioned before, I I can't read them all too well, but we all have been waiting for the for the improvement for Calvin's yep. move, and it just hasn't happened. And I'm not I'm not convinced that this year's the year. Um, I think we all hope it is at least sneak mm-hmm. into the eight, um, but for mine, they just miss out.
0: Yep, that's a fair call. Sorry, no fair call. <laughs> and look. Even if they just miss out, it's coming from eleventh position. If they were to finish ninth, it's still yeah. an improvement. So,
2: and look, would... they could just miss out. They could just miss out on percentage. That's I mean, right, and, and that's a win. that's a win in itself. So, let's see how they go. They'll be an interesting watch.
0: One hundred percent, they will be. All right. So the next team on our list, and I think we may have seen the start of their future last year from missing the finals. Um, because they've had their their shake at it and not got the um pot at the end of the rainbow, and that's GWS. And um, we'll throw to Woody first on this one. And what are your thoughts there, Woody?
1: Well, first of all, I'm going to mention a couple of guys that are going to be really under the pump, and it starts with the man calling the shots in the coach's box, Leon Cameron. He um. His, his job is in jeopardy I think if they get off to a slow start. Um, I've actually got them missing the eight this year too I don't think that um, they're gonna they're gonna quite be good enough. Um, that being said, a um, couple of guys that I've got down to be improvers are Himmelberg and Finlayson they've they got a big chance to lead the forward line with, Jeremy Cameron gone and they recruit Jesse Hogan out for the first few weeks. So they've shown good signs um, last season um, and that they could be really good players. So there'd be a couple of handy targets up forward um, for them to kick the goals. Um, They're going to have plenty of supply from the midfield too, I think. Um, I think Josh Kelly and Stephen Canoley are in for big years. So they're not going to be short of opportunities. Um, so, yeah, a lot rests on what they can do up forward as well, but it's up to Leon Cameron to come up with the game plan that gets the best out of those two.
0: Interesting. Um, what are your thoughts on uh, GWS, Mel?
2: Look, GWS, um, we were all surprised, I think, by their fall from grace last last season. Um, but I think a lot of that had to do with the situation we were in with COVID and hubs. They obviously didn't take too well to that. Um, So I'm not ruling them out for this season. I, you know, they've just got so much talent. Their problem will be their ruck, Um, a familiar problem with a couple of clubs, but, you know, they, you know, without Mumford and and Pruce, you know, Kieran Breeze has really got to step up and he'll get his opportunity. Um, So we'll see how he goes. Um, But, you know, Tanner Bruin, look how good he looks already, Riccardi, um, you know, these types, green and green. Um, they're both superb to watch, um, frightening, in fact. Taranto, those, those, you know, they've just got too much talent to not be around the mark. So I'm excited to see how they go this year. I'm definitely um, thinking there are a chance to get themselves back into the age. Um, on notice, Cameron, definitely, if they fall again, because yep. they've got too good a list to be where they were last year. I think we all know that. And obviously Mumford, how many times is he going to retire? <clears throat> um, he's obviously of age and, and, you know, he'll be on the
1: chopping block. Yeah. I, it's a big, big, um, big chance for Braden Proust as well, so I'm glad you mentioned him. Yeah. Um, I was going to say... Sorry.
2: His injury is going to keep him out for a fair while um, at the start of the year. So, yeah.
0: Well, for me, with GWS on notice, if they don't make the finals, um, it's not even the coach. I think it's the whole club because there's something wrong in their psyche um, if they cannot get some results out of the list they got. That's my thoughts on that one anyway. Um, moving on, the next club is very close to a heart of a regular on our podcast when it comes to our multis, and that's one Philip Kimber, and it's the Melbourne Football Club. Now, last year, they finished ninth, and were very disappointing, I would have thought, after coming back after the layoff. Um, I think there's some serious psychological problems in that club at the moment as far as what's between their ears when it comes to they've got a decent enough list, but they're not getting the results. So I don't think they're tough enough is probably the best way of putting it when I say that. So, Mel, what are your thoughts on the Melbourne Football Club?
2: Oh, Melbourne. What can you say about Melbourne? <laughs> they're, look, they're a tricky one. Another, they're similar in a way to GWS. They have, they have a list that you know is good enough for them to perform. But with Melbourne, they're very inconsistent and you just don't know which Melbourne you're going to get. Every week, so um, look with Brown out, Wiedemann out, they look like they're coming back around round five, six. I think they'll struggle early. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing more of Cade Chandler. Um, he looks like an exciting prospect, and I think they need a lot of improvement out of Oliver this year. Um, on notice is the coach Goody um, Bingo. We all know he's. He's a good man, um, but is he a good coach? Not so sure. But I think they've got the potential that they can sneak into the eight. They've got a handy draw, a lot of home games. Um, <clears throat> so they could sneak into the eight, but I'm thinking chances are likely that they're not. But from eight to 11, finish for, nine for Melbourne.
1: Woody, what are your thoughts? Um, yeah, I've got them, um, uh, they have to make the finals. I think that's going to be the expectations from their fan base after getting very, very close last year. Um, I think they really have to, as Mel said, they've got a good enough list, but the big question mark is over Goodwin. I think, um, he's shown at times he's very, very slow to react when things go wrong. Um, and aren't going Melbourne's way. He doesn't seem to be able to get a read on the play sometimes, or he just he just believes in his game plan that much that he's reluctant to change it. And I'm, I don't know which one's more accurate, but he definitely needs to sort that out. Um, my big improver for them is Stephen May. Um, he's had a few injuries and suspensions in his in his time at Melbourne, um, and he he's needs to really lean that lead that back line for them if he if he can take take that role and lead the back line um, a lot of the the attacks will start from there and it'll start with him and we
2: well, had a great season last season so you know if he can continue that this year
1: yeah but I think he um, he's got the talent to go to another level so I yeah. and yeah I'm saying he's an improver and in that sense like he 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 Could be an All Australian. I Mm. think he's got that. He's got enough talent to be an All Australian. Um, At the same time, though, I've actually got him as on notice as well because, as you said, he's had one good year there, but he needs to back it up.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: At the stage of his career, for sure. At the stage of his career, Um, Mm. just some final thoughts. Yeah, exactly. No, he's not. Um, some final thoughts on the Melbourne Football Club. Uh, they're going to probably stimulate the economy at Hawthorn and Buller again because their members will be at the Snow in September. Let's move on to the next. Um, let's move on to the next club. Um, with, well, it, it, it's just a gut feeling. I just there's a lot lot going on between the years there, and I don't think they're on top of it. The next club uh, are going to be under the microscope with the off-season happenings. They finished eighth last year and scraped into the finals, and that is the Collingwood Football Club. And I will just say now, excuse me, the man that's on notice at the Collingwood Football Club, now that his protector is gone, is one Nathan Buckley. Wow. So good luck, Nathan. Mel, do you want to fire away on the Collingwood Football Club first?
2: Let's go. So Collingwood. Um, look, I'm not brave. I'm not brave enough to say that they're totally out of the running. The thing I like about Collingwood is that they give it everything, and I believe they are coached that way. I believe that the players do play for their coach, um, but he doesn't. You're right. He does. He hasn't. Put the results on the board, though he was 30 seconds away from winning a flag. So, this would be a completely different conversation Mm. had they won that flag. Um, I think their improver will be Darcy Cameron. And um, if you've had a look at Ollie Henry, he's pretty special. So, Mm. um, it's going to be quite enjoyable watching those guys this year. Uh, On notice, Big Mason.
3: Yes, true.
2: Is on notice. He can't just play well against Richmond, though we all love that he does that. Um, but it, you know, he he needs to string it together. He needs to be doing that consistently throughout the season. Being a big man, we can't expect that he'll do that every week. But he needs to do it more often than not. That's my opinion um, on him. And obviously, we do know there was trade talks um, about him last year. So I think that. May be the same situation for him if he, if he really doesn't transcend himself yeah. into the side of the field. Um, But for me, their finish would be around six to 10th, but I think they'll make the eight.
0: The thing with Mason Cox, um, too, Mel, is I think the reason why he probably traditionally does well against Richmond is their back line used to rely on a rance that never actually next played on anyone where some mm. of the other clubs actually have backmen that want to play man-to-man. And mm. I, I suspect that might be where his game falls apart against other teams.
2: But for a guy of his size, all he needs to really do mm. is put his arms up a bit like the Kings, you know, and um, lead out. And, he, you know, he should be marking everything. And he's he's dead set accurate when he mm. gets the ball, especially from around 40, 45. Yeah, In his range um, for sure. But look at yeah but look against Richmond, you know because they have that smaller um for you know running attacking back line, you know he can find a spot in that in that forward line to you know kind of propel himself um. But I think against taller back lines, he, he definitely struggles. He just needs to he needs to get it together and be a bit more consistent this year. And, look, I hope he does it. If he does do it, then Colin would definitely make the eight and they definitely push for a top-four
3: spot.
0: That's right. And, and, look, end of the day, if he's playing well, there's a possibility the game's getting a bit more pub publicity over his homelands too. You know, people wouldn't mm. watch it. So it can only help the game. Uh, what are your thoughts on Woody, um, the pies? Any chance for you?
1: Um, No, I've got them missing the eight. Um, I don't expect them to be featuring in the finals. They'll miss out by, you know, maybe a win in percentage or something like that. So they're not going to be far off, but I don't have them making the eight, and that could be just wishful thinking maybe. Um, Buckley, definitely on notice. As Tim said, Eddie's not there, so... um, I think he's under a fair bit of pressure now. Um, my improver is Josh Dacos. I think um, he, he's he got a big role to play for them, I think. Um, looks very quite a, handy, quite a handy goal kicker. And as you just said, Mal, he looks very fit. So um, could spend a bit of time up on the wing or in the midfield as well. So um, they're going to have a lot of options there as well with Jordan Dugowie. Um, apparently set for a lot of time in the midfield as well. So um, if Dacos can chop him out and they can kick goals between them, um, it's going to be a pretty handy duo for them. But as I said, they're going to be thereabouts, but not quite. Yeah,
2: they've obviously some you know some good talent. Um, you know, trying to improve their salary cap um, standing there, and they've got some injuries inside bottom and Royal Kelly. So you know. <clears throat> They've got they've got their work cut
1: out for them. That's for sure. Yeah, and, and it's I mean, not going to be an easy season for them. Gonna, yeah. If if they make the finals, it's going to be because, as you said, it's because they they <clears> always <throat> have a crack and and they never don't try. Um, so you I get think a lot it, of games
2: at the G's.
1: <laughs> as they <laughs> always do, but that that's yeah. that's just what it is. We can complain about that as much as we want, or you know, see it a different way. <clears> but <throat> we know that they're always going to going to get the the big games <clears throat> at the MCG because um, that's what the other clubs want. The other clubs have told the AFL that they want to play Collingwood in the prime time slots because that's where you make your most money and get your most viewers.
0: That's right. And the other thing too, just before we move on with Buckley being the man in, under the gun, um, let's not forget that he inherited pretty much his team that won a premiership a couple of years prior to him taking over and we're in 2021 this year. And let's not forget that. Because 2010, what do you take over in 2012?
1: Yeah, it would have been somewhere around there. He's been there quite a while now. Yep,
0: and we're now 2021. So don't think we're bashing Buckley. Um, Just consider that before you have a crack on social media, people. Um, The next team we had finished seventh last year. Um, There's a bit of a heart feeling for this team in Ballarat, and that is the Bulldogs. Um, Look. I think they've got a good midfield. Um, I question whether they can stop teams from kicking goals up back. And I also question if they have the firepower up forward, but they certainly have the midfield. That's my opinion. On notice from the Bulldogs, in my opinion, is the ex-Saint, Josh Bruce. Um, He didn't do much at all last year. He had a questionable year at St Kilda before he crossed over, hence why he was trade bait. So, Josh, you're under the pump. Uh, We'll start this one with Mel.
2: Well, I mean, it's as obvious as day. They've got um, pretty much on paper the best midfield. Um, It's just stacked. It's it's super talented, and you know, quite the scary um, prospect when when you think about playing them and and you know how they're going to rotate through through that midfield i, I don't know how they're going to find a spot for them all to be
1: they've, honest they've like genuinely they got support. they've genuinely got 10 or 11 options to run through that midfield I reckon.
2: yeah they do which which will work really well for them especially with um, less rotations this year um, because you know they won't you know players won't tire as much for them because they can just be rested in forward and swapped through to the midfield um, they've just got that many options, you know, especially if they get no injuries. And certainly, it will release Bont to just do whatever the hell Bont does. So, um, and we know how good we know how good he can be. So he's a given that he's going to be um, a definite improver this year. He did he did struggle a little bit at times last season. I don't think we saw the best of Bont. But I think we're definitely about to see the best of Bont this year. Um, And Lipinski, I think think he's ready to take the next step. And I'm the same as you. Um, I think Josh Bruce stands out as the pretty obvious um, weak link in their side. Um, He needs to kick goals. That's what they recruited him for. So he's got to do that this year. Um, I think they'll finish between fifth and eighth. I think they'll have a good
0: season. And Josh Bruce is a weak link in a weak forward line, which is even worse. But um, anyway, Woody, what what are you...
2: If they they have injuries with Norton again and that sort of thing, they're really going to struggle down there. He needs to do his job. Um, And earn his money,
0: yeah. And just on um, the bonds. I just wonder whether some of his teammates need to stand up and protect him a bit more because he does cop a lot of attention and I think that might have been related to some of his problems last season as well.
2: Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I mean, you know, it's the same with Patrick Cripps. like, you know, we almost expect him to carry the side.
3: Mm.
2: um, But with the Bulldogs slash as I still like to call them, Mm. they... um, They've just got so much talent that those guys, you're right, have to stand up and support Bond so that he can do what he does.
0: That's right. Which we know,
2: which we know is great. So, exactly,
0: hundred percent. Woody, what are your thoughts on the Western Bulldogs Footscray?
1: I think they're they're probably just about everyone's second favourite team, aren't they? Like you, you would hard pressed to find someone that just genuinely dislikes the Dogs. I think everyone's got a bit of a soft spot for them.
2: Until we get beaten
1: by them. Yeah, well, that's right. <laughs> um, for me, my big improver for them um, is Ed Richards. Mm. Um, I've liked the look of him the last couple of years, and I just think he's got the potential to to play <clears throat> a big role for them. Like, he's another guy that can run through the midfield there, and he's a fairly clean user of the ball, and he can definitely win his own ball as well. So Has some genuine adds- X
0: factor too, would he?
1: Yeah, he... he he, oh, I think he just he adds something that not too many other blokes have. I don't think, and I'm not quite sure what it is, but there's just something about him. Can't um, and I, I just really like him as a player, and I just think, um, yeah, he can he can really add to that midfield group that they've got, and um, be a really really strong player for them. I think um, he'll be onto
2: his third year, or, as well. So you know, yeah. that's about time that he took it to the next level as well.
1: Yeah, and I've just yeah, he's been there. Yeah, be his third or fourth year, I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, he's he hasn't really done a lot wrong so far, but I think he's got the potential to really, really step up and be
3: mm. rather than
1: go from just a, a really nice player to be an integral part of what they're doing there at the at the Bulldogs. Um so he's one to watch. On notice for me is Adam Trelaw. Mm. Um Very cool. I just think I just think as we said we've got They've got a deep midfield without him, and it's just going to be interesting. Does he does he complement what they've got, or does he disrupt it? So I think we'd um, be interested to see just what happens there, um, and see if they've got the play that they thought they did, or is it just someone's going to upset the balance a little bit, especially with Josh Dunkley, because Trelaw comes into that midfield, which means someone's going to get less minutes in there. Um, does
0: Trelaw take uh, away from their um, silky foot skills?
1: Oh, he definitely does. Um, but someone's going to lose midfield minutes to Trelaw. And it's just... I'm interested to see if that's, that's a good thing for the dogs <clears> or a bad thing. Because we've said they've got a deep midfield, but a lot of their midfielders can go forward and kick goals as well, like Dunkley. Um, Paley obviously kicks goals. And then you've got Mitch Wallace and Tom Libretore as well, these sorts of guys. Mm-hmm. So it's a good mix they've got in their, in their forward half, really. And... My prediction for them is actually finish top four. I, I think they're good enough to finish top four.
3: They're definitely
2: good enough on paper. It's going to be strange. Um, round one, they meet Collingwood, and um, Collingwood are playing Trelaw to play against them. <laughs> a bit of a strange
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> It'll be a bit interesting, but that's the thing. Collingwood obviously wanted to get rid of him for a reason as well, which is another yeah. um, partly why I've got him on notice. Is is there some Personality issues or stuff, or does he rub people up the wrong way, something's going on there, and we haven't found out, have we?
2: Well, I think it was a salary cap issue as well, mm. um, but definitely you know, <clears throat> the break in Collingwood you know, wasn't a good one. It seemed to be a bad breakups so um, yeah. look I hope, I hope he does well because he seems to have gone through a lot. but as you say, you know he, there, there's so many players similar to him at the Bulldogs that he may need to play tall taller than he is, you know, to kind of um, have a point of difference against those other midfielders.
0: Yeah, I must say I find it hard to believe that he was a problem at Collingwood. I think it's sorry cap because if you're uncertain about the guy's character, have a listen to narrowly Meadows' podcast when she interviews him and that shows the sort of person he is. I wonder if he actually um, might, deep down, think, thank goodness I jumped off the ship now that it's all done and dusted because I think uh, his values may differ to what we've seen recently.
1: Yeah, potentially. But the question mark for me is still, so Colin would have paying him $300,000 a year to not be there.
0: Yeah, 100%. Mm. That, that is, that, that's not good business at all. So we are, yeah, we are at one of those stages where we may need to let our listeners have a bit of a break. And we will come back with the last six teams that we will evaluate. And then we'll have a couple little, uh, as I explained earlier on, um, picks for the flag, the Coleman and the Brownlow. So we will be back on the other side of this break.
1: You're listening to the MPO Sports Podcast. This podcast is edited on Audacity, and I'd like to thank Zaggy 2 for providing the music. I hope you're enjoying the AFL special, and now I'll bring it back to Tim, Aaron, and Mel.
0: We're back from our second break, and we're now going to discuss the remaining six teams and what we think. Um, The next one is the team finished sixth last year. Which is close to my heart And it's the St Kilda Football Club Um, I may Actually Withdraw from any comment until Our uh, (laughs) panel has spoken So we might start off with Woody
1: Um, I'll make it Brief because I know you're going to probably Take up the bulk of the time here Um, Not necessarily But anyway (laughs) I actually think they're a big chance to make the top four I really (laughs) like their list and what they're doing there Um yeah, there's, there's plenty to like about, about the Saints at the moment. They're, they've got a good young list. They've got a plenty in place, which they're obviously sticking to. And I think they've got the right man pulling the strings to get them there. Um, Brett Ratton was very good hire for them as the coach. Um, much like Freeman, I found it hard to find someone to put on notice here. But I think Jake Carlisle, um, just because of um, more of his pay packet, he didn't do a lot early on, um, and if he can get injury-free, he's very important for them. Um, the big improver for me is Max King. I think he's very, very close to tearing the competition apart. Might not be this year, but, um, yeah, he's a very exciting prospect up forward for them.
0: Yeah, I think um, Max King has the potential to be unstoppable when he's in full flight because of his size and athleticism. But anyway. Um, All right. Um, Mel, what are your thoughts on the St Kilda Football Club?
2: Tim, St Kilda, it is time.
0: Bloody
3: oath.
2: (laughs) It's way past time, let's be fair. (laughs) (laughs) But it is time. I mean, they've got everything in place. They've got their off-field in place. They've sorted out their issue... From Seaford to back to their homeland. Uh, mm-hmm. They've got a great coach, as Aaron mentioned, superb coach, in fact. a um, Very good people person. And he's definitely getting <laughs> the message through at St. Kilda, no doubt about it. Um, they have a good mix of young and old, mainly, mainly young at the moment, but they're very, they're very good. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing more of Sinclair and Clark. I think mm-hmm. they'll be big improvers. Um, the obvious ones of is King, but I thought I'd just be a little left field and say Sinclair and Clark. We've got mm-hmm. to all love what Clark brings to St Kilda. he is a ripper a that bloke. He's,
1: he's so good to yeah. watch.
2: He's he's great to watch, and St Kilda need that type. I think they've been they've been yearning for a player like him. Um, <coughs> So I'm, I'm excited for the Saints and and to see more of him. Um, obviously, King, I mean, as I mentioned before, just needs to put his arms up really
3: and, mm. you
2: know, he's there. So it's just more a question of his accuracy and just his body material. Mm. Um, but, look, they're ready. Um, I think on notice this might shock a couple, Gresham. As good as he can mm. be, he's got to do a little bit more. He's got to get, you know, up. I'd like to see him kick a lot more goals um, because that's what he's there for. And obviously, <coughs> Hannabury, with his age and his interview issues, um, not sure how long he can remain um, clogging up their list. But, look, I think they can reach top four. Don't know whether they will. But if they don't make the eight, something is wrong.
0: Mm. Yep. Um, my thoughts. On notice, there's two players. Dan Hannabry is one of them. I felt that when he did get back last year, once um, I think he came back around before the finals, okay. I, I, I do think he strung together three pretty solid games considering he hadn't played the bulk of the season. Uh, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, yet again, he's starting off again with soft, uh, soft tissue injuries. Um, I would like to, th- I still think he's got something to give if his body can hold up, but that's the question mark Um, because we definitely look a lot more poised um, around the clinches when he's on the field and he's fully fit.
2: He brings maturity, that's for sure.
0: Yep, and a couple of times he's been known to kick goals under extreme heat with Mm pressure-wise, where some of the younger players blazed away and wouldn't kick it. The other one, um, now that we're back to the longer quarters, is Mr Hill. He needs to um, look like he wants to earn the big bucks that he's getting paid. And I think so far well, in the I'm preseason, enough
2: to say Hill.
0: Oh no, it is what it is. Look, I don't think he was a flop last season by any means, but I do think he had a few reasonable excuses for not being able to do what he normally does because of the shortened game. But I think in the preseason so far, he has, um, in my opinion, displayed what we expect. So I just hope he can turn that on to the normal. Yeah. Se- regular he season
2: stepped it up in the pre-season and the thing is if he's on he can he can be as brilliant as as anyone so good user i'm a bit hesitant to to put him on the chopping block just yet but um, mm. yeah you'd like to see more from him or more consistency from him
0: i think he, i think we have a right to put him on the chopping block on the back of last season with the money he's getting paid um, I think that that that's a fair expectation. I'm not saying he's trash, get rid of him or anything like that by any means, but I just think he needs to be a bit more consistent um for the money. And my improver for the season will be Sinclair because um if he can continue it on what he's done in the preseason
3: yeah. off
0: that half back flank. That's your Roberton that we've been missing the last two or three seasons with his um, issues, and now Roberton's retired. Sinclair's really got the opportunity. Um, So that's sort of what I'm thinking. So if we move on to the next team, we have the fifth place West Coast Eagles, and um, we might start with Mel on that one.
2: Okay. Well, as we mentioned before, I think um, when, yeah, we just touched on them a little bit before, uh, that they are against Frio they the Western Australian side that's on the decline, whereas Frio are on the incline with their young guns. Um, so they need to be careful of that this season, though they've got a pretty um, good fortunate draw. So um, I don't think they're going anywhere. I, I, they've still got a good enough list to be there. Um, I think Oscar Allen's got to improve more, so I'm going to say that he will do that this year. Um on notice, I think Brander just because he just because there's lack of opportunity for him. so he hasn't he doesn't get enough opportunity and if he, if he doesn't get it this year then he's definitely trade bait um, at the end of the season and he would um, open a few a few eyes for other clubs as well. so I think they'd be quite interested in him. Um, I still have them finishing fifth to about ninth. They could possibly miss the eight but I can't see it happening.
1: They're my slider your this year mm. Yeah, they're my slider Normally we see a team jump from probably mm. You know, around the 12th, 11th, 12th mark on the ladder And jump into maybe the top 6 um, But for me, West Coast is a team to do the opposite of that this year um, mm. The big improver for mm. me is Liam Duggan He put together some really good games towards the end of last year um, Across halfback for them And I think if he continues on that way, he could potentially be a smoky for the All-Australian side. Um, And on notice for me is Tim Kelly. Um, They paid a lot to get him in terms of draft picks and whatnot. And um, I don't think he's been consistent consistent enough or good enough so far. So I think he probably needs to get back to some of the form that he displayed at Geelong, which is why they gave up so much for him. Um,
2: I think at Geelong, he, sorry.
0: Tim. No, go, okay, Mel. It's fine.
2: Um, I think at Geelong, like, he was obviously ascending himself oh. into a mm. position into the West Coast um, list. That's That was his main goal when he got there. Um, And as soon as he got there, he was off into a hub. (laughs) I don't think that sat all too well with him and his family. He looked a little out of condition last year as well, but you could still see his freakish ability on show, you know, every now and then, maybe just not as much as West Coast would have liked it. So I think away from a hub situation, back at home, um, you know, under a normal schedule, I think we'll see a better Tim Kelly this year.
0: I was going to say uh, my on notice for West Coast is um, the players that rather have a highlight reel than actually do the team thing. And I think Woody knows who that's aimed at. But um, let's just say that person may have got the all-Australian forward pocket position. (laughs) Anyway, let's... mm, I'm not saying... and, And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that said player had a poor season, but I still scratch my head as to how he got in the team above Dan Butler as the oh. forward pocket. which still got me beat. <clears throat> and I think it was just a highlights reel that um, excited the uh, selectors that got him over the line. Now, um, we'll move on to the next club, which is close to the heart of our guest, Mel, and that's the Geelong yeah. Football Club. Now, Mel, would you like to go first or would you like us to give our spiel on uh, the Geelong Club and then let you finish off? It's up to you.
2: I mean, look, the show could be ending and I could still be talking about Geelong as we know.
0: So you make the call on that one. All right, well, might hear from Woody first and then I'll probably let Mel give her spin on it and then I may have one or two things to say before we move on to the next club. So go ahead, Woody.
1: (laughs) All right, I'll make this very quick. So for me, the pass mark for the Cats is probably make a prelim final at worst. Mm. Um, the big improver for me is Grian Myers. He's shown some flashes of brilliance um, in the last couple of years um, but he just needs to build on that consistency and if he can do that, um, Geelong are going to be a very big chance to make that preliminary final. And I've gone a bit left field with my on notice but I think it's their recruiting strategy. If they fall away now with all these blokes that got over the age of 30 um, and the draft picks that they've given up to get them, they're going to be in for a world of hurt.
0: Yeah, all right. That's a fair call. Um, what are your thoughts, Mel? Anything to re any rebuttals on some of the stuff Woody said or?
2: Yes, let me rebut on um, your last point. We actually, whilst <laughs> we did give up, <laughs> whilst we did give up a lot for him, basically it was Tim Kelly for, um, for Jeremy Cameron. Um, we also got a lot back. So in next year's draft, we'll um, have first two first rounders and one third, um, one second rounder. So um, that's a good result in my eyes. I was pretty happy with, um, with the deal. But moving on, um, I'll try to keep it concise because I know mm-hmm. we have some time constraints and I could talk about Geelong forever. But, um, look, we have a big job to do. There's a lot on our shoulders and you know, Geelong and pressure... Don't go hand in hand, um, unfortunately. So we need to manage that throughout the year um, mentally. That might be our biggest curse. Um, I'm looking at that we can finish first, we can be the premiers, or we can finish fifth. We're in that bracket, um, but we're def- we've definitely put ourselves on the map for a premiership. I think that's pretty obvious to everybody, even though the club's playing that down pretty significantly. <laughs> Um, the improvers for mine and my little favourite is Geordie Clark. He's a little star. He just he hasn't had um, the opportunity that he could have because of some arm um, injuries that he's had over his journey and then not being able to get back into a side that's winning quite convincingly. So I think um, he's ready. I think we'll play him more out of the midfield. So I'll enjoy watching him. Um, Evans. I think Frankie Evans is going to have a great season, um, but we can't forget Brad Close. Um, if you remember him debuting last year, he, he really did um, make a mark on the team. Um, and you're right about Miz, It's time for him to stand up. He's definitely got the ability, but with the, with the tall-pronged forwards that we're going with this year, we really need um, a, strong, a strong small forward to kick goals. Um, our biggest issue is the ruck we discussed it before or we've discussed it for years Geelong long have a ruck issue um josh jenkins is not a ruckman um sav redigalia is not a full-time ruckman he's a switch ruckman but they're both too small to be full-time ruckmen. so if we do have injury issues with stanley which we will um that's a given then we do have a problem there um i also think we've got a problem with Going back to 20-minute quarters and the rotations being reduced from 90 to 75, just <coughs> with our older players, we might struggle as well. Um, but my on-notice player is Chook Charlie Constable. I think he's been on notice for quite some time now. Um, he had an opportunity to go to St Kilda a couple drafts back. Um, he didn't take that up decided to stay with the club and unfortunately just hasn't pushed his way into the side. So um, let's see what opportunity he gets this year.
0: Okay. Just to round it up, um, my player on notice is a geriatric by the name of Dangerfield. Um, Not so much him directly but the club because I think they tend to try to get out of jail quite a bit by giving him the ball, if that makes sense in Close games is just an observation. It might be completely wrong. And I do pose a question for Mel. Taking items out of the equation, is Damien Burke the last decent ruckman you've ever had?
2: <laughs> um, look, he could be. He could be. Um, and gosh, I was <coughs> He um Look, he could be because, look, he had, he had grunt in him. He had dirt mm. in him. I like that. I like that in a ruckman and I think you need that. Um, Odin's definitely had that as well as the talent. Um, so yeah, we de- we our ruck um, <laughs> our ruck issue has been an ongoing one, and we could be looking at what nearly a decade now of um, not having um, the answer there. So look, I like Rhys Stanley. I think he's I think he's talented. I think he's <laughs> agile. I think he moves around the ground quite well. I think Fort, Darcy Fort, is a better tap ruckman, but he looks like he, he's going to be out for most of the season. He's got a knee issue at the moment. Not sure that he can get back into the side. Um, so, as I said, you know, the key to Geelong could be the fitness of Rhys Stanley.
0: And, look, the the, the disappointing thing of Rhys Stanley is he. I don't think he plays to his strengths when he is fit, and his strengths are, as I, I think I said earlier in our yeah. discussion, is run the other ruckman around. At one stage, he was pretty much in the top few for the quickest player in the AFL, and he's like two hundred centimeters. So, I mean, exploit the exploit the players that you're playing on. But uh, saying that, I also apologies to Stephen King because I think he was probably not a bad ruckman at some stage. No,
2: he was great. Look, Stephen King <coughs> was great. I mean, he, he definitely had the body body size. So we've got DeConning coming through. Um, you know, watching him in a in practice match against Essendon, um last week, look, he can contend. You can tell he's got it. You can tell he'll get there eventually, but he's a beanpole. He's just not ready. Um, so we need an answer right now. Let's just pray for, for the fitness of Ray Stanley.
0: Yep, sounds good. And, look, I hope he... X can kill the player, Ivy does all right. So, moving forward, the team that finished third last season, but also for every other supporter that don't support this club, unfortunately won the flag. And that is the Richmond Football Club. And um, let's be brutally honest, the only difference between Richmond supporters and Collingwood supporters is teeth. Now, move forward over to Woody. What are your thoughts on the Richmond Football Club?
1: Well, my thoughts are on the Richmond Football Club. I'm sick of hearing about them the last few (coughs) years. So I'm going to make this very short. My big improver for them is Shea Bolton, stepping into a full-time midfield role. He's got the X factor. Um, So if he can exploit his skills, he'll be very handy for them. On notice is Tom Lynch, who hasn't been the key forward that they hoped he would be. And they're... Um, pass mark or their expectations would be a grand final appearance.
3: Mm
0: -hmm. Mel, your thoughts?
2: I think most people know my thoughts on Richmond. Um, My heart's still broken into a million pieces. So I'll (laughs) make this very quick as well. Look, their big improver I think could be um, Callum Coleman-Jones. If he gets more run on the ball and more run... in the ruck, then he could really ascend himself into a, into a position, a permanent position with Richmond. He's, he's definitely got the talent. Um, it's just whether they decide to go with that kind of ruck um, look. And Bolter, I think he'll continue um, on his merry way. He's just a star. Um, he's so young, and he's but he's, he's just so brilliant. And on notice, oh, I'm going to hurt a few Richmond people here, but Rioli for mine. He needs to cool. be more.
1: <coughs> that is a very good call,
2: actually. Um, he's, he's just not consistent enough and he, he just he just doesn't do what he does best often <clears> enough. <throat> when he does, it's great. But, um, you know, you look at that Richmond side, when they're fit, um, when they've got no injuries, which <laughs> for the last four years, I don't know how they've done it, but they've been pretty much injury-free um, or long-term injury-free <laughs> anyway. Um, You know, I would think he would struggle to get in the side permanently, to be honest. Um, And I think the expectation for Richmond is another premiership, though that hurts the heart to say. Um, So, yeah, they'd be be failing if they didn't at least make a grand final.
1: Mm. Does Daniel Rioli get picked because of his surname, do you think?
2: I mean, that's possible, but... He look. I've seen him play some great games, and he he does the old he he does the odd, um, you know, miraculous uh, free fish goal as the Rioli's um, do. But he doesn't do it often enough for mine. And they've got so many good players that is he really in their best twenty two?
1: That's the thing. As you said, he does the flashy stuff, but I'd much rather have someone like Dan Butler in the side who you know you can count on week in week out. Mm.
2: and the thing is as well with richmond yes most of their games you know they're thrashing people or they're winning quite convincingly so they're front runners and everything's going well and and rioli fits into that kind of psyche and movement of the ball but if they play um a game where they're under the pump there's a lot of defensive pressure on them which is what they like to do i think he gets lost
3: Mm.
0: yeah Yeah, that's fair yep um just uh, under the pump um, at Richmond, someone that needs to work on their people skills. Uh, you're part of the uh, face of the football club. You've opened up your mouth about mental health um, and sledged another person in the media just because they had a observation about one of your players. Um, let's not talk about what's happened in the pre-season, but Damien Harwick, you need to have a good hard look at yourself as a as how you present yourself um, and lose the arrogance. And I think you might find, um, look, success will hide it for a while, but at some stage it will come and bite you on the bum. So you will be under the pump at some stage. Maybe not this season, but you will fall on your sword at some stage because of the ego. Moving forward, the next club is the Brisbane. Uh, that was, un- unfortunate. I'm sorry, listeners, but um, I still was scathing about the way he attacked David Swartz. About mental health um so we'll move forward to the tenant finish second well, so
2: he questioned a couple of coaches last year so
0: yeah but yeah, that's, he did. but that's that's his job that's his job david Swartz. um he's in the media so um unfortunately and if you're employed by a club as a coach or a player you are under the microscope that's just the you nature of the beast
2: question mental health.
0: that's right That's right. Uh, If you if you want to,
2: where are we now?
0: If you want to ever come back at someone um, in the media, maybe something a little bit more classy than their mental health, because David Schwartz was twenty times the player that um, Hardwick ever was. So um, number number two. Oh, thank you, um, Bixby. Now um, (laughs) the team that finished second uh, last year was Brisbane, and um, yeah, well they've. Showed a bit of action, haven't they, in the uh, trade period? Getting uh, Danaher over there. Uh, will he make a difference, Mel? What are your thoughts?
2: he look. He'll make a difference if he if he stays fit and he kicks accurately. My question on on him is both those things: can he stay fit and can he kick accurately? If he can, Brisbane can make the grand final. Um, They'll definitely, they'll definitely improve. Um, you know, they had a you know massive loss on the weekend, and you know um, we're all feeling for Raina right now. Um, but look, their coach is the best in the business. So he, you know, we all love him. No. Um, he uh, he's he's got this team. He's got this team completely as one unit, working together. I think. Um, their improve, uh, of I mean, look, gosh, they've just got so many good players. I do have to make one point about Brisbane, if I can, a negative. Zorko looks a little overweight for mine. He looks like he's come back from the off-season a little out of shape, so it'll yep. be interesting to watch um, whether he drops that off quickly and, and gets back to his size. It didn't seem to bother him, though, I must say, on the field. Over the weekend. Um, I think the biggest improver will be Powell. And I liked the look of him. And one of my favourites at um, Brisbane, so I really feel bad putting him on notice, but Rich, Richie, Rich. Mm-hmm. Um, he needs to just step it up a little bit. He's lost. He, he seems to have lost a little bit of his his nouse of being able to to get the ball and dispose of it well, under, especially under pressure. Um, but look, like I said, I think that Brisbane can make the grand final, or they could finish between one and four.
0: Yep, that's a fair call. Um, what are your thoughts, Woody?
1: Yeah, I think they're pretty much a lock for top four. Um, to see as far as they got last year. And then they've actually improved in a few areas as well. Um, on notice for me at Brisbane is Eric Hippwood. Um, I just feel like he's probably already peaked as a player. I don't think know that he's got another level to go to. And I think they're actually reliant on that. Um, and we'll see see if he can um, play a foil to Joe Danaher there. But mm. I, I just don't think that we're going to see more from him than what we already have. And again, he's not a very lo- reliable shot for goal. <clears throat> um, the improvers for me, there's a bloke in place for Brisbane that I absolutely love as a player. And I think he can go to another level again and probably be bordering on the elite level is Hugh McCluggage. Um Yeah, there's not much he can't do. If he can get forward and kick a few more goals as well, um, yeah, he he can, as I said, he can be an elite player in the competition and he's probably a sneaky chance for a Brownlow um, in the next year or two as well if he continues on the improve. I think Essendon really missed a trick by not taking him at pick one. And the other one I've got down as an improver for them is Nakaya Cocker 2. Um, hopefully he can shrug, uh, shrug off those injury concerns he had at um, Geelong And we can see what sort of player he can be Which I think is going to be a very, very good player If he can get on the park consistently And I expect them to make the grand final
0: Well, I must say um, My two colleagues that I'm talking, speaking with I'm, talking, I'm speaking with at the moment I do think he's a little bit light on Joe Danaher because I think he's the one under the pump considering he hasn't strung together a decent season of football for a a couple of years and he's now at a new home.
1: It was a toss-up between him and Hipwood for me. So on on my notes, I've got Danaher, but Mm. while we were talking, I switched to Hipwood. But yeah, Mm -hmm. Danaher could definitely be well under the pump from day one. Yeah, and Hippwood, I think that's a good be.
2: point with how Hipwood and Danaher will synergise together. Mm-hmm. That will be interesting to see. Um, yeah, I forgot, almost forgot about Hipwood, but um, you know, like I said, he he could be the difference. But either way, you know, if he if he's not, he's there to kick goals. He's there to he's there to um, take the big mark. <laughs> And if he doesn't do that, then, you know, that's not going to work out very well for Brisbane.
1: He, he can be just as much of a liability as he potentially could be a match exactly. winner for him. Um, and I think, yeah, when you've got a guy like that that you've invested heavily in as you key forward, it's probably not an ideal situation to be in. And I think that's why one of the reasons I've gone and got Danaher. Um, so maybe Hipwood can play as the second target rather than the, the focal point.
0: Fair point. All right, so we are now officially on the home stretch. The team that finished first last season was Port Adelaide. Um, I'll just quickly say, as far as I'm concerned, the man or the person associated with the club that is under the pump is Ken Hinckley. He has been in past seasons, probably saved himself last season with the first place, but... um, didn't get a premiership. So I'm thinking bare minimum for him is to reach the grand final. And if they don't, they've got to think seriously about whether he's the right man moving forward. So I'll hand over to Woody on this one.
1: Yeah. Um, I've got as a big improver for Port Adelaide is Todd Marshall um, at full, <coughs> full forward with Charlie Dixon up there. They can, form a pretty formidable duo i think if charlie dixon can be consistent um even in his gold coast days like he he threatened to be the next really good key forward of the competition but it took him 10 years to get there Um, so i think there'll be a bit of pressure on him to back that up again too and i think if he can do that then todd marshall's really going to benefit from that again um, which will make Port Adelaide pretty hard to beat. So I would think that their expectations would be to make the grand final. Um, and one under the pump for them is Sam Mays. They got him from Brisbane a couple of years ago and he has done bugger all, really.
0: Uh, Mel, your thoughts on the Port Adelaide Football Club?
2: Well, I'm fairly bullish on them. I think, um, you know, if they get themselves in the position again like they did last year where they get two home finals. They should win both of those. They need to do that. Um, and they could get themselves into a grand final this year. So I think they can finish between one and fourth, but I think the expectation is that they go one better this year and they make the grand final. Um, my improver is Georgiardis. I think we got a taste of him last year. Um, showed some
1: very good signs, didn't he?
2: Yeah, he really did. And, um, you know, he... he he will create opportunity and that's what, that's what I like. Um, so he, you know, he seems a smart player as well. So looking forward to watching a bit of him and just going off their um, practice match the other day. I mean, obviously they were playing Adelaide and, you know, um, <laughs> it became quite a bit of a blowout, but we did see that the recruiter earlier, earlier is a positive one for them and could be the hole that, you that they filled perfectly um, to get them into that grand final. And Orazio did well as well, so he might be the answer there as well if he can kick um, as many goals as he did on the weekend. I think that the players on notice or to be concerned about would be Sam Pell-Pepper um, and Motlop. I think they're both, um, you know, they're both on their way out, especially Motlop anyway. Um, but Power Pepper, you would want to see a little bit more from this season, and I'm not quite sure um, that he'll that he'll be in that best twenty-two consistently. To be honest,
1: mm, that's fair. That's well, he fair. was dropped last year too at one point. <coughs> Power Pepper, wasn't he?
2: He has mm. taken some time as well. Um, I think it was announced today um, away from the game, so we'll just see how um, how he recovers from that. And yeah, look, I, I wish him well, but. Um, yeah,
0: look, I've got to put someone on notice and, and that's that's who I've chosen. Yep, that's fine. And look, at least with um, all of our uh, people that we've put on notice, we've actually given a bit of rationale whether or not it be left field or not. So I, I think that's quite respectful. Um, now, moving forward, we're on to the last bit. We're on the home stretch big time as in we're running to the finish line. We had three <laughs> questions. We had um, Each of us were going to give a tip for the flag a Coleman tip and a Brownlow tip. I'll start with mine. Tip for the flag. I actually think this year Brisbane will beat Richmond. Um, Coleman tip. I was. I'm actually going to get in a limb. I actually think if St Kilda play well, and this is my bias coming through, so I apologise. On the back, Woody has convinced me that King could be up there with the Coleman, and for the Brownlow, it'll be a repeat. It'll be a repeat of last year. Woody, yours?
1: Back-to-back back back for Lockie Neal, you think? Correct. Um, I've got Brisbane for the flag. I think um, they've they're been getting better and better every year for the last few years, and I see that trend continuing. Um, Coleman medal for me, um, I don't think Joe Danaher, if he stays fit, is without a chance, so... I'm going to go with him. And as far as the Brownlow goes, um, and Mel mentioned this bloke earlier on, um, pally I think. He showed signs in the last game of the, oh, the um, pre-season game last week that um, he's just ready to do as he pleases in that midfield and sneak forward and kick goals. Fair enough. Your thoughts, Mel?
2: Um. <laughs> I'm going to go with my heart only because we've um, put everything on the line. So let's hope it works for us. So I'm going to say the mighty Geelong Football Club, um, please God, um, and the Coleman medalist. I'm going to go with one of my favourites, Charlie Dixon. I think that he can get there this year, um, especially if they're just as good as they were last year. Um, and the Brownlow, I'm going with Christian Petraka. I love the way he plays, and if he can continue his form or um, improve his form from last season, I think that he's a shoo-in
3: for the Browns.
1: Yeah, he's teased for a few years, hasn't he? And um, yeah. hasn't really exploded like he did last year, but my concern is can he back it up?
2: Yeah, and can his team support him in that, you know,
0: um, there's a probably, Melbourne
1: are probably the hardest team to get a read on I think going into this season mm, um, well. I think with, with Melbourne, I don't think it'd be A big surprise to see them finish top four But also You wouldn't be surprised if they finished 12th
0: mm. Yeah, exactly right yeah. And on the back of that comment too, Woody, my recommendation To anyone that enjoys A little bit of a flutter on the football Not that we encourage it Melbourne would be the most frustrating team to be fluttering on because of just any support
2: Melbourne.
0: Yeah, exactly. My
2: heart goes out to Melbourne supporters.
0: (laughs) Well, mine probably doesn't for the ones that live in Turak, but um, other than that, (laughs) other than that, (laughs) it is. But um, we're we're at that stage where we've successfully got through every team of the eighteen. And given, given our tips on the flag, Coleman Middle and Brownlow. So it's that stage where time's elapsing. And we have to thank Mel for joining us. Thanks thank for joining you for us, Mel. Me. Thank no, you you're welcome. You're welcome. We'll have to do it again. We may even yeah. be able to look at getting you on for our regular um, program at some stage to at least talk about the AFL part of that um, episode.
2: Perfect. I'm there. No awesome,
0: problem. awesome. And Woody, thank you as always. Um, it definitely been good. And no we're worries. six days
1: away from the footy, so Ooh. it's uh, very exciting now. Very exciting. We're,
0: so we're John Doritch away from the football. We're
2: Jordan Clark away.
0: <laughs> and um, just before we go, listeners, and before I give a bit of a plug to uh, Josh, I would like to point out that Woody only likes Richards because of the redhead. <laughs> I meant to say it earlier, but um, anyway. So, I
3: thought, I thought that was it.
0: Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> if it's a, if you've got a to player, Woody's all over it, loves it. Anyway, um scary, no. exactly. So <laughs> we have to thank Josh Watson, who's going to have a task and a half to edit at this time because we've got another video mixed up with sound recordings. So good luck, Josh, and I'll obviously inform you in our email. Um, He utilizes Zaggy 2's music on the intro and the break music. So thank you, Zaggy 2, for being such a talented musician. And, yeah, I guess stay tuned on social media. Hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, um, basically just Instagram, whatever, even emails um which um, is mpo sports podcast mpo
1: podcast at gmail.com and let you. us know how wrong we were
0: that's right um and let us know how much mel loves Geelong. it doesn't matter just <laughs> talk. just just um get involved anyway it's turu for me thanks guys thanks mel thank you
2: week soon